the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We are the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. We are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Jim Clark, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, comments, and concerns. Our toll-free number is one 888 F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's 1-888-367-5329. Don't be shy and pick up the phone right now and let us know what's on your mind. Again, that number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. Well, we've had such a tremendous response to our new series on the trivia questions from the Bible that we have decided to continue this series. And with the Christmas season upon us, we are going to turn our holiday sights on, you guessed it, Christmas trivia that will shock you, surprise you, bless you, grow you, and mature you. Tonight, Dr. Buckner brings us part 12 on the trivia questions from the Bible, for we are not pretending, but we are contending for the faith. Good evening, Dr. Buckner. How are you doing tonight? Brother Jim, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed by this program tonight. And Merry Christmas to all of you out there, and we trust that uh, you are giving God the glory and that you are worshiping Jesus as God in Christmas. I want to talk a little bit about that tonight, God and Christmas, uh, because that's what Christmas is all about. It's not just about a baby being born. It's not just about Jesus being a man, but he is the God-man. And the reason why we know this is because of John 1 and 1 and verse 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, And verse 14 said, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We're talking about God in Christmas. How many times do you talk about that this time of the year? Tell your children. Tell your church. Tell your friends. Tell your coworkers. Christmas is about God in Christmas. And this is one of the reasons... Why, uh, and we come to this trivia question, uh, did the uh, wise men uh, come to worship Jesus? Well, that's an important question. Did they come to uh, worship Jesus? Yes, the answer is yes, they came to worship Jesus. Now, you need to understand that if John 1 and 1 is true, and verse 14 is true, and all the other scriptures in the Gospels is true regarding Jesus as God, especially in the Gospel of John. Throughout the Gospel of John, Jesus claims to be God. Uh, over 23 times he uses the word, I am. 
And he even said before Abraham was, I am. He talked about being way back there in the Old Testament before Abraham. And he was before the universe. And he was the Alpha and the Omega. He was the one who always was, always will be. That's who Jesus is. He is the the God of Christmas, and you must understand that. You must celebrate Jesus as the God of Christmas. Don't celebrate him any other way but being the Savior as well of Christmas. God in Christmas and the Savior of Christmas and every day. So these wise men, they come from the East. They come to worship him, hundreds of them. It was not just... uh, Three that uh, we get in these Christmas cards, and so many of us today celebrate three men uh, by shepherds. No, it was hundreds of them. Why? Because they never traveled in the Arabian desert with three, because the outside enemies would attack them, especially with them having gold with them. They knew that, so they would go in bands, hundreds of them. And then when they came to Jerusalem, the scripture says, and Herod and all Jerusalem was troubled with him. Do you think that they're going to be troubled with three men only, three wise men? No. And Herod was even frightened more because history tells us and study tells us of the Bible that all of his men, military men, were out to war. And this scared him even more. This is one of the reasons why he was troubled. And he was also troubled that these wise men came to worship Jesus, not only as God, but as a king. He was threatened by that. He was jealous of that. Jealousy will make you do a lot of evil, wicked things. You got jealousy in your heart? You need to repent of that right now. But these wise men came. They came to Worship Jesus. Worship him as God. Now, I want you to notice in Luke 2 and verse 11, it says, And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child, Jesus had grown some now, with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Don't you know they came to worship him as God? And can you imagine this? They said there was no room in the inn, not only for Jesus' family, but there was no room in the inn for all of these wise men. Can you imagine that scene? Hundreds of men around Jesus and around Mary and Joseph, and they are all worshiping Jesus. And that was a scene to behold of that day. And people were just blown away. What these men doing? And that's what was the thing that caused Herod to be jealous, to see all these men coming with one motive in mind, to give not only the gifts to Jesus, but to worship him and to worship him as God, as God, you see, because they knew and the Jews knew and the people of that day knew the only one that you're supposed to worship is God. How do we know that? How do we know that? Well, Jesus tells us very clear in Matthew 4 and Luke 4. The only one to be worshipped is God. He rebuked the devil on that. The only one to be worshipped is God. Now, it tells us also in Hebrews 1 and 6 that Jesus is to be worshipped as well. 
when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he commanded all the angels of God to worship him. Well, if it says to worship him in Hebrews 1 and 6, and then the wise men came and worshiped him, and throughout the New Testament in the Gospels, people all the time, do a study on this, fell on their knees to worship Jesus, and they were worshiping him as God. And here on Christmas, these hundreds of wise men came to worship God. Emmanuel, meaning interpreted God with us. That was God with us on Christmas and every day. And that's something for us to understand. Now, uh, I want you to understand that, and this is something that I want uh, our Roman Catholic friends to understand. They didn't come. This is an important point. They didn't come to worship Mary. Amen to that. <laughs> they didn't come to worship Joseph. They came to worship Jesus. Stop worshiping Jesus, uh, or Mary, should I say, worshiping Mary in the Catholic Church and putting her on the level of Jesus. That's blasphemy. They came to worship Jesus and Jesus alone. Now, what about Mary? I mean, we're talking about uh, Jesus being God. He's the God of Christmas. Well, another question is, a trivia question, did Mary, the mother of Jesus, now notice I said the mother of Jesus, not the mother of God, the mother of Jesus. It says that, did Mary, the mother of Jesus, acknowledge Jesus as God at Christmas? Yes, she did. How do we know that? Well, look at Luke 1 and verses 46 to 47. Luke 1, verses 46 to 47. And it tells us in, uh, here in verse 46, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. Here's a word for Jesus being God. Verse 47, And my spirit rejoice in God my Savior. She's, Mary is calling Jesus, God, her Savior. It's blasphemy to, 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 to think of Mary in any way equal to that. But Mary, just like these wise men, they come to worship the God of Christmas, who's Jesus. And also we see here, Mary is worshiping the God of Christmas. And she says, Jesus is God, my Savior. Now, isn't that interesting? She's saying that Jesus is my Savior. Well, for her to say that Jesus is her Savior, that means that she's a sinner. And it's also true that in the Gospels you find that Mary was involved with the the purification rites because she realized she had to bring a dove and all these animals to because she was a sinner. And then we find in Acts chapter 1, she's praying to Jesus along with the other disciples. It is a grave sin to put Mary on the level of Christ. It is a grave sin to worship Mary. It is a grave sin to call her redemptrix and mediatrix in the Roman Catholic Church or in any church. She's not equal to Jesus. She is a sinner saved by grace. And that's why she said at the wedding feast of Canaan, whatever he says, do it. That's what we need to do in every church. Whatever he says, 
Mary gave the greatest advice for every mother and every church. Whatever he says, do it. She didn't say, whatever I say, do it. She never asked anybody to pray to her, pray for her, or pray, uh, you know, you'd be used to encourage people to pray to her, always to Jesus. She acknowledged him as God. I magnify the Lord, God, my Savior. Repent of this Mariology and get into real theology, the theology of Jesus being the God of Christmas. Oh, what a word for us tonight. What a truth for us tonight to worship Jesus as God of Christmas. This is a word for all of us this Christmas, this Christmas season, to realize that God broke into time and space in Christ, and it says that he being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Jesus is God, the one who stepped out on nothing, grabbed a handful of nothing, threw it nowhere, and it became a universe. He is the creator, the maker, the sustainer, and God, Emmanuel, God with us. Worship Jesus as the God of Christmas, and if you're worshiping anyone else other than him, in cults, the occult, false religions, or even in churches, repent of that tonight and accept him as your Savior like Mary did. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches regarding Jesus being the God of Christmas. Brother Jim. Oh, Dr. Buckner, you are on fire tonight. (laughs) That's what a word that is. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have questions or comments about what Dr. Buckner has preached tonight, please give us a call. We want to hear from you after this break. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark, and I am in the studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And we are taking your calls, and we do want you to call, so please call that number. Uh, But before we get back to that, we want to begin by thanking everyone who has been praying for Contending for the Faith. Without your diligent prayers, we would never have been on the air for so long. We also want to thank those who gave this week, Richard and Carol, Joe, Jackie, Alfred, Bruce, and Rick. Without your financial help, we couldn't make it. It cost us $400 a week to stay on. If you have been blessed by contending for the faith and Dr. Buckner's teachings, won't you send us a check or money order with an encouraging word and uh, telling us how you've been blessed? During this Christmas season, don't forget to send a gift to Contending for the Faith. There are two ways to donate. You can send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Or you can simply go onto your computer to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the Donate button. We're going to be out of the studio for the next two weeks. Uh, for um, during the Christmas holiday and the New Year's holiday. Uh, but please be sure to listen in because uh, we maybe won't be live, but we will, ha- we will have a program airing. And uh, it will be playing the best of Contending for the Faith, and we'll be returning live to the studio January 5th in 2019. So uh, I know we uh, get lots of uh, letters and cards and so forth, Dr. Buckner, but uh, this one I think you read last week, but it is really special. So... Uh, we were really uh, touched 
uh, by Sandra's letter that we decided to read it again, and it was very encouraging to us. So here it is. Dear Dr. Buckner, I agree with what CC said on the phone a while back. I, too, look forward to Contending for the Faith. It's the best program on the radio and so uplifting, and it gives us a lot of meat to chew on. I need this. I also like that Contending is a community of believers who pray for each other just like at church. Thank you for all that you do and the other staff as well. Gary, Jim Clark, etc. Have a very Merry Christmas and a joyous celebration of our Savior's birth. Sandy. That's awesome. Oh, it's so beautiful. And that's the thing that just encourages us to continue to do what we're doing. And we get a few other letters like that. And uh, we want to encourage people to just this time of the year, send us a letter to let us know uh, how much the ministry has blessed you. And send us a Christmas gift uh, to uh, help us to stay on the air because we are one-of-a-kind ministry. And we'll appreciate that uh, very much. And Brother Jim... Uh, looked like during the commercial you were on fire after this message. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just commenting on how on fire you were going after the Catholics tonight. Now, if you're Catholic and you're listening tonight, we, we love you. And we just Amen. want you to know we love you. And, uh, and I want to let you know that I also grew up Catholic. Now, I don't practice Catholicism today for some of the reasons that Dr. Buckner has already brought up. But we want to know, want you to know that, uh, first of all, as a Catholic, we know you believe in uh, the deity of Jesus Christ, and you have the the fundamentals, the foundation of of the faith, and that's what's so critically important. But there are these other additional doctrines that the Catholic Church teaches, which really are not good. Um, I too remember saying lots of prayers to Mary, the Hail Mary, the Our Fathers, as I was sent out of the confessional, and uh, you know, after Doctor Buckner's message, you know, it is should be pretty clear that Mary is not worthy of worship. She was a beautiful, wonderful woman, and she was specially chosen by God to be the mother of Jesus. That is no small honor, and she was honored, but she is not God, and she is not anywhere close to uh, being uh, near where Jesus is. And as Catholics, we must understand, uh, as, as a Catholic, you must understand that. Um, so the uh, the message uh, to the Catholics out there is, I think it's time to throw that rosary away, mm-hmm. because that rosary is is a uh, liturgical piece where you're going through and worshiping, uh, giving worship to somebody who is not worthy of worship. Mary herself would recognize that. So um, we here at Contending for the Faith, like we said, we we love you. We uh, we want to be. Uh, you know, uh, together with you in all of these forms of worship, but these, this is where we cannot go, is this area, and one of them. So with that, um, I think we want to try and take some phone calls. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I just want to add one, one more thing to that. You know, and Jim, you're right on with what you're saying. You talk about also some several other things that's just really uh, against the Word of God, the Immaculate Conception, and I call that the Immaculate Deception. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're basically teaching that uh, Mary was without original sin, and this is what that uh, doctrine is about. And the Bible is very clear in Romans 3 and 23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and that includes Mary. So, you know, we're here for you. Like Jim says, if you're a Catholic out there listening or anyone else that want prayer or want encouragement, 
uh, we are here for you. But we're gonna we're not gonna compromise, confuse, and contradict the truth. Uh, Jesus said, "The truth will make you free," and we believe that. That's why we stand on it, and that's why we live by it. All right. Well, let's get to our first caller, and who might that be? Uh, I think we have a uh, brother Rick. Brother Rick, are you on the phone? Uh, yes, I am. I'm here. I'm listening to you. And you're on fire, Dr. Buckner. No compromise. Amen. No <laughs> Amen, my brother. And, and you know... I yeah. like what Jim Clark just said. Mm-hmm. He was raised Catholic. And one thing we both have in common, being Jewish, we both got a ton of religion. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. Yes. Religion, the tradition, and very little of the basics. Well, you know, that's interesting you say that. I was talking with Jim uh, earlier today before the program, and he was sharing something with me that you, the two of you need to talk some time about uh, how he came to know the Lord. And when I was listening to him, uh, it sounded just like your testimony because he was involved with Amway, and uh, some people in there uh, was living such a life that it had a great impact upon him. And uh, But he said he was at the point of really just uh, throwing in the towel completely on Christianity, but some people in that movement had an impact upon him and uh, brought him to the Lord. And I said, this sounds just like Rick's testimony. Really do. Amen. Amen. And what did uh, you get out of the message before we get to your question? How did the message touch you tonight? Yeah, the, the, message, the message here really just basically said, put the emphasis on Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's not about the uh, reindeer, the Santa Claus. I mean, Saint Nick was over, Saint Nick was an okay guy, but uh, he's not Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, you know, if we take a, if we get all the frills out of it, it really would have a lot of meaning to it because otherwise, otherwise we're just playing the game with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And that, that's what you're warning us, you know, because we're just playing games. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, we have Christmas parties, everything else like that. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I sang enough of the fiddle on the roof tradition. Mm-hmm. Everybody else sings tradition. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing new. I mean, what I'm seeing in the world is nothing new. Mm-hmm. And we're told to be, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Mm-hmm. And we can do that through, through the Word. Amen to that. Jesus, if you really want to know the truth, search the scriptures. Yes, so true. Appreciate that uh, that input uh, put that uh, the Lord has put on your heart to share with us, Brother Rick. Uh, let me uh, ask you: What is your uh, question on your heart tonight? You have a question? <clears throat> yes, and we're going to go. We're going to go to the future. What what evidence do we have that the Antichrist is coming mm-hmm. in the future? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, you know, uh, there are some people, uh, Brother Rick, who are known as partial preterists, and they uh, put everything in a historical uh, context, and uh, mostly everything, especially when it comes to uh, the Antichrist and that sort of thing. And they uh, would say that the Antichrist is Nero. Uh, I beg to disagree with that position because I don't see any uh, basis uh, for that uh, in Scripture. Um, I would think that the uh, there are two major Scriptures that I think that points to, I believe that points to 
uh, a future antichrist. And um, one, you should uh, do a study. Some people should do a study sometime on the epistles of John, First, uh, Second, and Third John, because he talks about there are antichrists now, and then he said there's an antichrist to come. And then you find also in Matthew <clears throat> 24 and 15, he talks about the abomination desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel. And the partial predators would put that in the time frame of the Roman Empire and what happened uh, with Nero and under the persecution with that. I think it's very important when we look at the Methanian gospel, Matthew, we need to look at it from two perspectives. One, from the local prophecy, which things took place during that time, like the uh, destruction of the temple in 70 AD by the emperor uh, Titus. Uh, and then you have also Matthew 24 being a, a future uh, prophecy as well, you know, and uh, we got to look at it from those two perspectives. But I think the the greatest uh, argumentation for a future Antichrist would be in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. <clears throat> in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, it uh, says several things here about a, a chronological order that's going to take place uh, during the last days, because <clears throat> the Apostle Paul is telling us in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 that the day of Christ is at hand. <clears throat> well, when he talks about the day of the Lord, he's talking about the future, the second coming of Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to, to talk about, as you continue to read, that uh, there's going to be like an apostasy, a falling away. So you have before the day come, he says, let no man deceive you in verse three, let no man deceive you by any means for that day, which is the second coming of Christ shall not come except there come a falling away first. So that's the apostasy that's going to happen. We see that happening today where people are falling away from the churches, falling away from Bible study, falling away from God, Christ, and they have no interest in church, no interest in Bible, like the way it used to be, a large segment of people. And then that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So after the falling away uh, will happen, and then you will see a second thing that will happen, which is the, the man of sin will be revealed. So the man of sin will be revealed. And then he goes on to say, uh, as we continue to read, that that day shall not come except, first, there comes a falling away, that's number one. Secondly, the man of sin be revealed. And then, thirdly, the day will come then. So Paul is saying the day of the Lord is not going to come until these things happen, which is uh, supporting the post-tribulation position of a future. Now, as you continue to read verse 4, it says, Who opposes and exalted himself above all that is called God and that is worship, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So the uh, some people try to argue that the temple is always referring to the body. I don't see how in the world you can get this temple referring to the body. This is actually a future temple 
that he will sit in the man of sin. And then what is interesting is that when you drop down to verse 8, it says, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So what is what is Paul saying here? He's saying that there will be a temple built, the Antichrist will sit in it, and that he will not be destroyed until the second coming of Christ. This destroys the argument that they are putting this in a chronological order back during the time of Nero, because this is happening in the future with Jesus' second coming, when that he will destroy the Antichrist at that time. So hopefully that helps out because Second Thessalonians chapter 2 is one of the strongest arguments about the future Antichrist as well as Revelation chapter 13 and the whole book of Revelation. But Revelation chapter 13 also talks about the beast representing the Antichrist. So hopefully that helps out. Yeah, and just to add to that, and What's going to happen with that third temple, the the Jews are looking for a Messiah that's going to be a political Messiah. Mm-hmm. The Antichrist is going to answer the political Messiah question. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the... Jesus did not come as a political Messiah. Yeah, that's the, the thing. The Antichrist is going to give them what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's uh, another a good additional point to, to raise with that as well. Well... The Jews. Amen. Well, that's a very good question. I'm trust that some people out there got uh, encouraged. There's a lot of different uh, views, but I really believe that this is a solid view right here, and it's taken straight from the Bible. Well, we have about two minutes. Let's get your prayer request real quick, and then we'll pray for you. Yeah, well, so far I have my first week on the prosthesis, and just keep me in prayer that I progress, that I'm patient with myself, and pace myself. Okay. Well, let's let's do that, brother Jim. Let's pray for Rick around that. <clears throat> All right. Lord, we uh we lift up our brother Rick. Lord, we thank you for him. We thank you that he's a faithful follower of Jesus, and Lord, we thank you that uh he always brings us a word of encouragement. Lord, we pray for him and we pray for the uh and and, and give thanks for the fact that he's had uh, some success with the prosthesis, Lord. Uh we just pray for continued progress and that you would help him to set a pace for that progress, Lord, and you would help him along through that. Father, we just pray for many more years for our brother Rick. Lord, we know he is his heart is in serving you, and Lord, we want to see him continue to serve you uh, through the years, and we thank you for him, Lord. And all these things we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jim. Rick, thank you so much for your uh, call, and God bless you, and, and Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, we celebrating all in it. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, that music means that uh, that's come to the end of this segment. So we will look forward to hearing from you after this break. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. Again, my name is Jim Clark, and I'm in the studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we are taking your calls. But I want to remind you that we will be out of the studio for the next couple of weeks, uh, returning on January 5th of next year. So during that time, you'll still be able to hear Contending for the Faith on the air. It will be a pre-recorded show, but always excellent. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Dr. Buckner, we've had some great calls and some great discussion. Um, 
Absolutely. Yeah, this, uh, the whole issue of the uh, end times and how things kind of play out is always fascinating. Um, and there's so many different perspectives out there, not just the you know, pre-millennial view or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but I, and I, and I wish I fully understood the, the preterist view better. But could you give us a quick rundown of what that is? Yeah, basically the uh, full preterists would really kind of like spiritualize everything. You know, they would put everything in a spiritualized way where everything is not uh, really going to take place. It's already taken place. Whereas the partial preterists would say that there is some history and a little bit of future. So they would basically kind of like put a lot of the future in the past context. Like uh, well, like I was saying, like they are saying that uh, Nero is going to be the Antichrist and it took place in 70 AD, whereas they would put some future in there where they would say that the rapture will take place and Jesus will come back. But they will discard the Antichrist, the number 666, and all of the stuff that's going to be persecution upon the church. So that's kind of like the differences between the two. Do they have a, a view um, that the church or that the things just sort of, as they get worse and worse, they tend they turn around and become better and better? Is that how things work? And it just we, we move into uh, the time after Jesus is, is ruling in his kingdom— I mean, would they say he's? I mean, he's ruling now, but but Satan is still sort of the god of this world. How does this figure in? Yeah, they they would do, they would say that some of them would say the view that uh, there's going to be a utopia. Everything eventually is going to get better and better. But uh, and of course that's true because Jesus is going to make things better. But uh, it's some it's some interesting views. I think we have to really kind of do a lot of study and homework on it and try to know what is the best view but the maybe we need to do a show called will the real antichrist please stand up huh <laughs> i think so i think <laughs> and you know some other people have been sharing that with me too they said uh why don't you do a series in the future on the end of time and i will probably consider that and do that because we want to balance out all these views and we're getting people uh that are giving a lot of views but we want to make sure that we're right with the Bible. Amen. 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 And the Bible is what it's all about. Mm. All right. Well, we have, we have some more callers. Amen. So why don't we go to CC? CC, are you there? Uh, yes, I am. How are you doing, CC? Uh, I'm doing fine. How are you guys doing? We are blessed. Very well. We uh, missed you last week. I actually called in, but I kept calling. I kept calling in, but it, it kept it kept giving a a, a dis. I don't know a recording. You know, like the recording at the beginning. And then when I finally did get through, um, I uh, I think I prayed one of the, the counselors there or something. But I did get through at the at the last of at the last of it. But it was too late. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. He prayed. He, but I did appreciate it because one of the brothers there at the studio graciously prayed with me, and I really appreciated that, even though we had. One minute left, so that just shows me that the love of Christ is really in His ministry. Amen, brother. That's what we're all about. Uh, I'll tell you that. That's uh, very true. Uh, did you hear most of the program tonight? I missed it because by the time I by the time I got through, it was already over. Hmm. Okay, but you missed out on some uh, me teaching about uh, Jesus is the God of Christmas, so you can listen to the podcast and. 
be blessed by that, and uh, you can uh, catch up with what I was teaching on. So we uh, trust that you will do that. And uh, podcast, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, yeah. Yes, and uh, what's on your heart tonight? You have any? I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question in Revelation chapter twenty-two, um, in the latter part, mm-hmm. in verse two. Okay, and uh, you have your Bible there. Yes, I do. Okay. I, one thing I like about you, you always have your Bible with you. I appreciate that because that's very important. And why don't you read that? No problem. It says, in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what, what's your question? I wanted to ask you on 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 the last part of that verse when it says, "I know everything is connected," but you're not going to have enough time. Obviously, it says, and it says, "And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations." Could you like give me sort of like a soundbite? Mm-hmm. Take home. Yeah, yeah. This is a a very good uh, uh, passage here. Uh, you know, one of the things that we need to understand is that. Um, Edom that was lost will be Edom restored again because there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And the um, just like in the first garden of Eden, that was the tree of life. And when they ate of it, it was a healing process for them to continue to give them life and to continue to sustain them. Uh, that was the miracle of God working through the tree of life, and they were able to eat from it and live forever in the Garden of Eden and uh, without sin until uh, they sinned. And then uh, it was a sustaining thing for them. Well, God is going to recreate the Garden of Eden all over again. We will be uh, dwelling, even though... It's been taught uh, throughout the centuries with a lot of churches that everybody will be in heaven uh, above, uh, but it's really to the contrary that uh, even though we might have we'll have access to both um, dimensions, we will be dwelling on earth just like the Garden of Eden because that's why John said I saw a new heaven and a new earth. So we will be dwelling down here and. Uh, eaten lost will be eaten restored. And so this healing of the nations will be a type of tree of life that that uh, that that fits in with the tree of life. That's why it says the tree of life, which was which was a symbol of eternal life, continuing blessing. And so the tree of li- the tree here uh, here from Revelation uh, 22 and two, it bears uh, 12 fruits, one of each month. And is a symbol of abundance of variety in heaven. Uh, the word therapeutic, the, the word we use today, therapeutic, comes from the Greek word translated healing. Uh, so the leaves uh, somehow will enrich the eternal life, making it even fuller and more satisfying. So this healing is going to be a miracle of God working in such a way that will enrich our eternal life 
and making it more full and making it more satisfying. And this is what the healing of the nations will be. It will be a process by which God will be enriching our life. The eye has not seen, the ear has not heard the things that God has prepared for them that love him. This is just one example of that. Can you imagine that? Being in heaven itself and on earth, just being blessed with that, but God having these additional things in there with it, the tree of life and the healing of the nations to enrich our life even more, that's just some additional blessings along with the blessings of being seeing God is one thing, seeing the tree of life again is another thing, but also being healed with the enrichment of our life. You know, it's not that we, it's, it's talking about we need to be healed because we're sinners. Because a lot of time we use the word healing, we think it in the context of, you know, I need to be healed because I have some type of physical defect or some type of uh, uh, problem in my life. No, this is, we we are just like Christ. You I know, mean, somebody called in last week and said, how do we know, Dr. Buckner, that we won't sin again in heaven? Will we have free will? Yeah, you have free will, but the free will has been locked into the will of God in such a way that we will be so much like Christ. It says in 1 John 3 and 2, it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we will be like him. So we will be so much like him that it will we will never have the desire to ever sin because he 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 it's never a thought in his mind to do that. And so we'll be like him and the corruption must put on incorruption and remember also that there will be no devil to tempt us, there will be no flesh and there will be no world. So we'll be so much like him. So this healing of the nations is in the in the Greek is not talking about a healing because there's a defect in heaven. It's a healing bringing an abundance of additional blessings along with what we already have. You remember it says in first, it says in John 10 and 10, in John 10 and 10, Jesus said, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy, but I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So God is in the business of abundance of life. And that's a good thing. So hopefully that helps to give you more meat because somebody, uh, Sandra, sent the letter to us and a donation, and she said, I agree with Cece. I don't know if you heard that. I agree with Cece. Uh, you know, this is a, a really one-of-a-kind ministry. And she said, I agree with Cece on that. Well, this is what we do. We're one-of-a-kind in answering these type of questions, and hopefully that was a blessing to you. Really appreciate that because you answered it so clearly and it all makes sense. And so I just appreciate your labors, all of you guys' labors, and the time you spent with God and all the time you put in ministry because I'm, that really blessed me. And not to mention the multitudes of people who are listening. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. It was well put together. I thank you. I, I, I got it. You're, you're, you're welcome. And what's your prayer request? We're going to try to squeeze in somebody else before we. Uh, close up, but what's on your heart? We haven't got your prayer request for a while. Okay. I'll just go quickly. Uh, uh, me, my family, my mother, Rosa Linda, and pray for the new addition group that they can get saved, and uh, the young guy, Jeff, Justin Timberlake, the singer. All righty. Well, let's do that, uh, Brother Jim. Okay. 
Father in heaven, we thank you for CC and his faithfulness, Lord. We pray that you continue to bless him in his ministry. Uh, Lord, we pray for his family and his mother, Rosalinda. Lord, we pray that uh, uh, for the the band that's on his heart right now, New Edition, and the, and the singer, Justin Timberlake. Lord, we just pray that you would uh, um, bring the Holy Spirit uh, and send the Holy Spirit into their hearts, Lord, that they would be convicted of their sin, and Lord, that they would devote their lives to Jesus Christ. Thank you again for CC, and pray that you continue to uh, work a miracle in his life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Brother CC, God bless you, and Merry Christmas to you, and keep on digging deep in the Word. We get blessed by you when you have that opportunity to share as well. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate both all you guys in the studio, Jim Clark and all you guys, and the, the, the Phyllis Mutual, and you are the one who motivated me to want to study more. Thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. All right, one more caller. Let's go. Um, Sally. Sally. Are you there? Good evening. Good evening, and Merry Christmas to you. Oh, and Christmas blessings to you, and amen to Cece. And to Cece, I say, go with God and not the traffic, dear boy. <laughs> <laughs> that almost sounds like it. It could have been uh, some uh, uh, famous saying written in a book. <laughs> <laughs> amen to that. <laughs> you know, that's what you get to do when you're retired. You get to think about things like this. Well, what I want, and want people to realize, I was so blessed when I was preparing, and I might have mentioned this before, for going to a juvenile hall, Mary's testimony is absolutely exquisite, and it's a whole Bible study, because in verse 51, she, she talks about uh, the imaginations of men, of heart. And if you do a Bible study on that, there are at least these three different verses that talk about... Uh, um, um, vain imaginations and in that kind of way and without the lord jesus in our hearts we are just absolutely packed with vain imaginations of all kinds doesn't matter all five senses can foul us up with vain imaginations and i just uh, uh with the other thing about her <laughs> and i was talking to i guess was it eric i don't know um he um your call screener is that um, I don't? I hope that our pastor said that Mary might have been fourteen, and I said, "Oh dear Lord, I hope you didn't give her a baby until she was sixteen. But even if I mean, if she even sixteen, how many sixteen-year-olds can can give that kind of a testimony and realize that men get into great trouble when they don't have uh, when they don't worship the Lord God." Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, you're speaking of uh, uh, Frederick, uh, Fred, he's the one that, a uh, phone counselor. Oh, uh, my, yes. my husband. Okay. Uh, no, no problem. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, the, the point you're raising about the vain imaginations is so true coming from her. Uh, but uh, Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 1. Right. And then also uh, the Apostle Paul talks about this in Second Thessalonians chapter uh, 2, uh, where... I think the thing that causes vain imaginations is that God gets to the point when we reject the truth so long that God gets to the place where he causes strong delusions, and then we start the mind starts to lose a lot of 
troops in it or whatever. It doesn't open up its mind to troops. So it's a scary place to be for people. And thank you for sharing that because it's so true. And Holy Spirit was upon Mary when she said all this stuff. And it had to be. Yeah, it really had to. And and she and we can be mature Christians when we're sixteen. So if there are any teenagers listening. Just spend as much time, even five minutes a day, in the Bible, and you'll never regret it. Get every opportunity you can to go to Bible studies um, and and to be around Christians and to pick your friends carefully. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, we're going to say this before you go because we've got about a second. But uh, when you mentioned about God using uh, young people, uh, we see this in the life of Daniel and a lot of the people in the Old Testament. Well, God bless you. Thank you, uh, Sally, and Merry Christmas to you and your family. And God bless you all. Thank, Thank you, you so for much. your service. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Brother Jim. Well, we've come to the end of another exciting broadcast, and we would like to thank Vince, our engineer, Frederick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being a part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note and let us know how this program has blessed you. If you are interested in receiving a copy of tonight's program or any of our broadcasts, give us a call at 415-721-1778. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.